and welcome to episode 59 of the Brood Sages, Stormbound Players with a Head for the Game. I am Freeloader. With me, as always, are Subaiku and Thomas. Subaiku, how's it going tonight? Fantastic. And Thomas, how are you doing? Pretty all right. <laughs> we are the Brood Sages, easily the second best Stormbound-related podcast in production. And as a reminder, you can always follow us at Brood Sages on Twitter, or for all of you who are interrupting your game of Pokemon to listen to this, our email address is thebroodsages at gmail.com. Well, it's that time of the month, folks. Patch notes have been released. Therefore, the Brood Sages are coming together to give you yet another set of hot takes, which may or may not be accurate or inaccurate, or both, uh, on the upcoming changes to our beloved game. Uh, I don't think there's any need to, to, to touch on too much uh, stuff, um, but uh, I thought it would be at least relevant to some of our listeners, guys, before we jumped into all of that to talk about some of the new cards that have just been released over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Thomas, are you liking any of the new cards? Um, well, I've done a little bit of testing with Stream, and it's way, way too uh, random for my for my liking. <laughs> Oh, it's it's a meme card, extraordinaire, right? Like you you don't play it to to dominate games. You play it for the for the oh look, I made a North Sea dog a moment. <laughs> or like the uh, game that Subaiku played against me, where he played the uh, one mana erratic neglects and then three mana stream of consciousness and got a perfect four mana uh, cabin girls. So oh, at least I broke even on that one. That's totally <laughs> whelming. <laughs> didn't help me win that game i would imagine it didn't <laughs> so Michael, what, are you, what are you thinking of, of the new cards uh i've been actually pretty extensively testing both uh stream of consciousness and final sacrifice i think mm -hmm. both of them are actually uh you know, pretty adequately powered if you get the combo it's pretty fun with final sacrifice making some uh, uh big diehards it's it's pretty neat but it takes a lot of mana to do it. You don't you don't consistently advance your front. Uh, it, the spawns are random on the diehards, so yeah, you, you maybe you just put a big pile of stats near your baseline and it doesn't do anything. And like you guys said with stream of consciousness, it's totally random. You play it in the mid game, and it either wins or loses you the game on the spot. I got a Claxi. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh my I gosh. got spare dragonling. It was terrible. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, you you don't know which way it's gonna go, but you got something like a hundred and fifty or a hundred and sixty options. So so uh, what could go it, wrong? It'll, it'll be fun at least. Yeah, I have been playing around with Final Sacrifice quite a bit. Um, I leveled it up and uh, mostly so <laughs> just to level four. I didn't need to level it to five because it turns out um, diehards uh, at level five are targetable with a level four <laughs> Final Sacrifice. And that's, that's uh, the, the only two decks I was considering were, were uh, diehards with it or um, green prototypes as like a meme, just trying to buff my opponent's stuff by 10. Um, but uh, so... <laughs> Uh, I have to say, I agree with you that you don't, it's not like reliable that you move your front, but if you pair those cards with uh, uh, Dark Harvest, I found that like, it's really hard for your opponent to fully remove 24 health from the board. So you're going to have stuff sticking around that you can reliably uh, take advantage of Dark Harvest with. So um, I'm liking that card. I, I like that deck. It's maybe not tier one, but but the, the card combo is super fun. 
my biggest issue is I dumped all my fusion stones into it. And, and for the most part, I would tip my hat to Sheepyard and say they've done a really good job of introducing a lot of new cards that you didn't have to have leveled all the way up in order to utilize their power. But this stream of consciousness thing, let me tell you how bad it is playing it and getting, like, here's my level five erratic. I get a level one back. <laughs> what? Yeah, that, that one you definitely need to have on a level commensurate with your other cards. That's just At rough. least on the bright side, it's a common. Well, yeah, but 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 I just used up all my fusion stones on diehards. <laughs> you want to know what I just realized? Mm-hmm. We have not yet um, added these cards to draft mode. Stream is probably going to be a T zero draft card. T zero, can... that's a bold claim. Yeah, but you can sacrifice your level one card and get a level five card out of it. But hold on, wait. It needs to be an ancient. Exactly. You do need oh, to get that synergy, crap. though. You have to sacrifice an ancient, <laughs> and there are not that many in the game. No, there's not. Now, on the other hand, the commons tend to come later in the draft. Right. So if you have already selected an ancient, at least you'll be able to take advantage of it if you see it. I guess. But, but I don't. Have to... it's definitely not worth selecting an ancient just on the hopes that you get it, though, right? No, but if it's I, Lost Psyches... If it's Lost Psyches, you want Lost Psyches anyway, and you want it level five to begin with, because Lost Psyches, good. Um, All right, well, with that then, guys, why don't we move into our main topic? Uh, We have patch notes for July. Uh, We will include these patch notes, of course, in our show notes, if I remember, and um, they are already available. Let's start with some of the balance changes for this upcoming month. Thomas, why don't you get us started with the uh, Chili Stone Dames? So, uh, one strength buff across the board. I think this is perfectly acceptable. In fact, I like it a lot now for draft mode even more. Hmm. Um, okay. Going from four strength to five strength for five mana is is a big deal. Um, that's the reason why we have something like uh, Soul Crushers as a T zero card because a five mana for uh, one mover with five strength is perfectly acceptable and this has a crazy good ability in that mode so i like it a lot for draft it doesn't change anything for ranked so Baku, do you think this is a, a draft buff definitely a draft buff uh in ranked mode i think it makes the lower levels much better hmm, okay but i don't think it's necessarily still particularly usable um it's just the the positional requirements of making the trade and only destroying things in a column it's not great it's tough to pull off uh there is i will say a lot of swarm a lot of zuri in the heroes league right now so maybe we don't talk about that (laughs) we don't talk about zuri but i look i mean oftentimes that zuri is going on to my baseline anyway and if i'm playing chilled stone games it just doesn't counter it it's true yeah Mm, that's a really good point all right, well, uh, let's move on from Chilled Stone Dames, which is becoming quite the draft card. And let's discuss Bounded Demons. Sabaiku, Bounded Demons is getting a boof. Yeah, uh, Bounded Demons also gets a strength buff of plus one across the levels. So instead of going from three to six, it goes from four to seven on the main body. The uh, The spawns are staying the same 
Now, this I do actually think is a little impactful. So uh, full disclosure, I actually played some Bounded Demons because I got Stream of Consciousness and I needed oh, the token Ancients. And oh, no. uh, <laughs> it, did not, it did not go great. Okay, but yeah. oftentimes it did not go great because it died to Hunter's Vengeance. It died to Sparkly Kitties. It died to Destructobots. <sighs> It doesn't do that anymore. It's still awkward to use because it doesn't move. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that makes it very difficult unless you know you actually have a lot of room on the board to operate. But um, yeah, it, the fact that it just doesn't die to two mana cards anymore is is kind of a big deal. Yeah, Thomas, we used to have this saying that that like five health was the break point for like high level play. You know, five health strength was kind of if if it could survive five health, it was in good shape. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like Spike was right here. Six health has become the new breakpoint. It absolutely has. I that's most likely due to a spark of the kitties. Not gonna lie. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> well, Hunter's Vengeance. Um, I still see Hunter's Vengeance. That's true. Yeah, occasionally. Yep. Um, the other thing that I like about this, uh, going back over to draft mode again, going up to four strength. Uh, cabin girls was just a little bit too underwhelming so if you staple a nice little ability to the cabin girls it makes the cabin girls quite a bit better oh yeah and if you if you are going second your opponent has to either play a non-moving turn one or pass bounded demons was like a nutty opening beforehand it's just going to be better now mm-hmm. yeah in the early draft for sure I've definitely had drafts where I played Bounded Demons and it's triggered like three or four times as it marches <laughs> down the board and I just continue to protect it. Like it's it's very good in draft mode a lot of the time already and this just makes it better. On ladder, I'm, I'm still not sure. Movement is kind of king in draft and ladder, but the, the fact that it survives a little bit more, I, I, I'm definitely going to experiment with it in right. stream of consciousness. I think my Bounded Demons are level four and only a couple of copies away. So I might try it out as well. Thomas, good old Ulf, which I feel like has been buffed and nerfed and nerfed and buffed. Or am I am I misremembering which of the winter legendaries gets all the movement changes and stuff? Honestly, I don't remember because it's never been good enough to see competitive play. <laughs> so I never touched it. <laughs> Poor so old. it is fired. <laughs> well, then maybe that's the reason why it's getting a buff. <laughs> it's enough, uh, getting one strength across the board, and uh, not gonna lie, I don't see this as doing anything for the card in ranked. Um, I literally just put it into a deck uh, about a week ago, and I was just constantly trying to jam it and play it and play it and play it and. Every single time I had it in hand and I could play it, I was like, I would play it this turn if I had Siren of the Seas, but if I Mm. just play Ulf, I'm going to lose. And so after just losing over and over, I switched out Ulf for Siren and I quit losing. The issue is that most of these other decks are putting like 30, 40 power um, worth of strength onto the board by these really late turns in the game and a 18 strength and then now 19 strength uh, or value ulf is just not gonna be enough 
Yeah, the healing just isn't enough healing to really impact the game, to your point, if your opponent has just played like a Bragda. Yeah, a Bragda or a Bucks, and they suddenly just put 20 strength on your baseline. It it just, just from the, uh, purely from the the value of the Bucks, not to mention the other three or four mana worth of cards that they put onto your baseline on that same turn. Right, exactly. All right, well, it's stronger, Subaiku. It is stronger, but... I have to agree with Thomas. If you're in a position where you can spend nine mana on Ulf and not lose the game, you're winning that game no matter what you spend nine mana on most of the time. Like it's it's really rare that you're up against like exactly a, a chip deck where you need this much healing in order to survive. Like that's about the only time where Ulf is better and worth it. Yeah, there there, there definitely was a time where I was playing like chestnuts all the time, and Ulf decks were my bane. Um, but it was just that deck that that cared whether or not you were running Ulf. And a lot of the time, you can still fight through the healing anyway. If your if your deck is heavy enough that you can clear and play Ulf and be fine, like then congratulations, you won that game before you even put Ulf on the board. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, so all the balance changes so far have been uh, uh, pl- playing with that first lever that we we talk a lot about. Uh, strength right upping strength lowering strength we also have mana changes we have uh, movement changes this next one is a very different kind of buff and i really like it i don't know if this is now a good card or not but i really like the ability now and i like the fact that sheepyard is experimenting with other kinds of modifications to the cards uh sabaki what is going on with excited mousers Excited Mouser's ability will now trigger board-wide instead of just surrounding, and that actually is significant, and it might actually make the card playable. It's a big, chunky, five-mana unit. Um, It still doesn't have movement, which, you know... Problematic. It's problematic. We like we like movement in general, but the fact that you can play it to stall out something on your baseline while still attacking your opponent's baseline or at least protecting a unit that's attacking your opponent's baseline like that's that's not nothing before if you wanted to use it defensively to stall you also had to play it back at your own baseline next to the units that were attacking you and it was really frustrating because it made it much easier for your opponent to you know clear your pressure and continue attacking because when that 12 strength excited mousers is all the way back across the board they got plenty of time to worry about it you can play it up near their baseline threaten you know something like a forgotten souls next turn uh you know that's that's important five mana for 12 strength is um, pretty solid already and this ability buff is huge when we've talked before about the strength the movement and the mana the reason why we avoided the entire conversation about um, the abilities uh, being changed is because i mean honestly they don't happen that often and some abilities being changed are way more impactful than other abilities being changed. So it, it really has to be on a case-by-case scenario. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When Siegebreakers had its buff going to surrounding or Dark Harvest going to surroundy, surrounding, uh, <laughs> massive, massive changes. And I do think that this is as strong as a buff as 
no, I was going to say is one movement, but no, no, it, it, movement to one on this thing would be essentially just a fluffy. So we know how strong that is. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very good. Well, but but it's, I'm glad you brought up fluffy because that was the question I was going to ask you, Thomas. And then I'll ask Sabaiku afterwards what he thinks. Since fluffy has lost its its edge as the premier five drop in the game, there's been this sort of, is it Ubis? Is it Loris? Is it whatever? Does this at least put excited mousers in that conversation as a, oh, well, this is one of the fleet of cards to consider as your five drop? Or is it still, you think, a tier below those others? It's a half a tier below them. Um, it would be a tier below them if we still had two mana Reign of Frogs. Because oh, honestly, this is, this is only going to confuse two or three um, frogs. But because rain is basically non-existent, this is still this is going to confuse um, solid cards that you'd want to confuse in the first place. So it essentially gets everything that you need to. Um, but it's because it doesn't have movement and it doesn't have Ubis's crazy strong ping damage or Zuri's flyover, it, it's a half tier below them. Yep, I'll agree with that. Which, you know, having a rare be half a tier below the Legends is pretty good. I'd take that. Mm-hmm. I think it's as good as, say, like a, a Harvester of Souls, um, that kind of five mana card. Definitely in, okay. That, okay. in that running. And, uh, you know, we've talked in the past about how important it is for a Rush deck to be able to buy that one extra turn. Having something that tanks your front line while also providing stall for your opponent's attacking units, you can you can make use of that. They're blessed with brawn on their unit that's on your baseline. I like oh, that. Dear. Right? I, I mean, chance, chances are good. They only have that one unit, so you're going to be able to confuse it. Yeah. Well, especially because before, Fluffy couldn't even do that anyway because right. it had too much strength. This one is a guaranteed. That thing is confused. Oh, I'm liking this a lot more. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I honestly think, you know, there there are metas where Ubis is better. There's no Reign of Frogs right now. Ubis is really good. But then suddenly everybody's playing Zuri and Ubis stops being as good because there's so many satyrs on the board. And also you just need Loris. Loris becomes the better five drop to be playing for a while. I'm wondering if there aren't metas where excited mousers becomes actually in this in this situation right now you're better playing excited mousers than you are playing ubis kind of a thing um i don't know close but not quite (laughs) right now um the decks are pretty mid-rangey there's Mm -hmm. some metas sometimes the month where decks are extremely rushy and they're just trying to like base lock you and and that's where excited would be better the decks are a little bit more mid-rangey where they're not trying to base lock you. They're just trying to, to outvalue you and use large units into your baseline. And that's where Ubis is going to be generally better value-wise. All right, that's fair enough. Um, I'm glad that this next one is for Subaiku because I... I... Because you, you want to hear me swearing about it. No, I, <laughs> I, rem- I, I know you remember, like you know, during the Kennedy administration when we were trying to put a man on the moon. And and you can regale us with some of these stories of what it was like to be alive back then. Um, and I think during that time, rock workers actually had one movement. Like, what was it like back in those dark ages? It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. Just dwarves everywhere. <laughs> okay. Throwing these forts up. 
Uh, and now we're back to those days. Rock workers are getting movement again, up to one movement from zero. But in a, a surprising burst, the strength is now three, four, five, six, seven, down from four, five, six, seven, eight. So at least there's a little bit of a decrease in the strength of the body to offset this. But the strength of the fort looks like it's remaining the same. So, so that's a three mana fort. It's a three mana fort, which makes it a two mana seven strength that moves one. Which is a premium. Beyond I would, premium uh, yeah, I would, uh, I would play that if it were a standalone card. Uh, that that's pretty reasonable. Doesn't even have kitties back. Uh, well, I'm not even going to call the the kitties downside a downside because a lot of times it's really good to have. <laughs> it's um, basically this is like playing lost psyches for three mana, and then also getting a two mana fort of Abbott Rock. So, so a one, except Lost Psyches doesn't guarantee you the movement. This has guaranteed movement. Yeah. Yeah. The Lost Psyches is on the Ford. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You have no control where the Ford is going most of the time. Um, It's definitely a problem if you play it at your own baseline. But if you can throw this down in the middle of the board, if you can throw it down near your opponent's baseline, it's just a ton of stats. Five mana is a lot to pay for that, admittedly, but um, but it's it's, so it's, good. it's totally worthwhile. You know, you were talking about blessed with brawn decks earlier, Thomas. You could definitely fit this into a blessed with brawn, just something to tank your front line, uh, and then something else to tank your front line, right? Like it's just rock workers to to make sure that you get an anchor down on the uh, opponent's side of the board, and then GP and blessed with brawn and say good luck. I, I yep. wonder if Siege Breakers needs to be a, a an include if this starts to tick up in, in usage. It will tick up in usage, and Siege Breakers does need to be in every single deck going forward. I'm I'm serious about that. Rock Workers is way too good. It will be in every single winter deck that you play against, I promise. Yeah, I remember those days, I, 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 and it was rough. Um, I've also thought for a while that it's a shame that Rock Workers is now totally unplayable. Yeah, as it is right now with no movement and eight strength, rock workers is just fair. And the problem is, you know, we talked about the competition just a moment ago for the five mana slot. Like a lot of those cards aren't fair. Lordus isn't fair. <laughs> Ubis isn't fair. Zuri isn't fair. Like they're they're really strong. Like rock workers with no movement is kind of comparable to Zuri buffing one unit or Fort of Ebon Rock with a non-moving two drop, but. Zuri has a lot of upside in that it can move your front in ways not too many other cards can, and Zuri can buff multiple units. Rock Workers never drops multiple forts on the board for you. Uh, wait, 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 wait. If I play Final Sacrifice on it, there you go. Now you're thinking. <laughs> See, you just gotta think outside the box, man. That's what it's no. all about. Overall, I, I just see too many games ending where I play Rock Workers on, I guess it'd be A4, and it throws the um, structure into B4. Mm-hmm. Rock Workers goes onto my opponent's baseline, and on their five mana turn, it's literally impossible to clear my Rock Workers. Right. Like even Siege Breakers doesn't help you there because. Exactly. Siege Breakers can go in, destroy the the fort. They're going to have one mana left. The green prototypes cannot do any damage to rock workers. So seven damage goes into their baseline. They're at 13. Guess what has a perfect 13 damage for six mana? 
Mm. And that fort doesn't count as a unit for wolf cloaks. Exactly. Oh, man, that's rough. Yeah. Yeah, I think that this is going to now find a home in any kind of winter deck, honestly. like It's also going to be just a good defensive tool. It's going to be a good mid-range tool. It's, yep. You're going to be able to slot it in into any winter deck. Will it always be the best five mana card to have? No, but it's always going to be useful. Yeah, exactly. that's the thing about it is now with movement, it's just always useful. It's always useful, and it's just... Yep. Whereas in the past, because Winter never had um, any decent uh, low mana moving cards, there's a lot of times where they were like on their five mana turn and Rock Workers was like the only play and it, it was too risky to let that um, fort spawn into one of the uh, center tiles where you could get base locked a lot easier. With all the low mana cost cards that are in every single deck these days, Winter decks are always going to have some front to, to mitigate that risk. Right. Well, look, when Rock Workers had movement last time, we didn't have Rhymelings at four mana. It was five instead. We didn't have Icicle Burst and Javana doing their magic. We didn't have five mana blessed with Brawn. Wolf Cloaks didn't do as much damage. Like the, the amount. We of... didn't have Saber or Sparkly. Or you had we, Saber. We you did have saber. saber. We did not have Sparkly. Yep. Like, yeah, you're right. Like it, the the tools that Winter has for the early game now are vastly different now other other factions do have enhanced tools for the early game also right like everybody's got sparkly kitties so maybe there's some chance to answer but man i i am nervous about this one in a way that i am not nervous about any of the other balance changes sparkly mm -hmm. kitties Agreed. on her own can't even if you play her in 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 thomas's uh scenario even if you play her in b5 Sparkly Kitties only has a 50-50 chance of reducing, but not actually clearing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's my biggest problem with rock workers with movement is it's a it's a fort of Ebon Rock. That's three mana. It's a stronger two mana than any other two mana with or without movement as the body going along with a fort of Ebon Rock for five mana. And I, I would like to I would like to see it be a reasonable two mana moving card if it's going to have movement. I would yeah. feel I would feel like that's a little bit more fair. You know what I mean? Like the, so, if it capped out at six strength, for example, it's on par with the best two mana cards in the game. Yeah, it's on yeah, par yeah. with with Westwind Sailors. So it's like that that two to three mana range for the moving body, and then on top of that, you get the fort. Exactly, exactly. Like like HV doesn't clear it. You know that's. <laughs> HV is not going to do damage at all to the fort, but it should at least clear the body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, literally the only way to get the same value is to play Siege Breakers in your deck. And that's the reason why I think that every single deck that you sleeve up, you should just put Siege Breakers in now. I don't know if it'll be that widespread. And that's the problem with putting Siege Breakers in every single deck, right? Those times when you do run into Rock Workers, it'll be useful most of the time. Siege Breakers is a it's perfectly fine. It's just a neat one. Yeah, it's a perfectly fine card to play. The issue, like the reason why, like you, you need to play this is because Winter already won last season's uh, Heroes League, and Seas are like Winter Mid Range Winter Rush uh, is 
well, we haven't been really doing the, the meta report, uh, but I would say that it's a good 25% of the meta is uh, winter, mid-range, winter rush. And with rock workers, I wouldn't be surprised to see it at around 33 to 40% of the meta. See, the problem I had when I ran rock workers in my mid-range winter deck way back in the day was that inevitably there was just, I, I swear it's in the code and you can't prove me otherwise. <laughs> the hearth only buffs the spawn of a rock workers once it's on the board. The buff cannot go anywhere else aside from the rock workers structure. Okay, <laughs> you get a big fort that way. Huge a- fort, biggest fort ever. All right. Well, we've 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 talked about it. We've highlighted it. Um, this is something that we I think all agree is a going concern, and we yes. will see how it works out. Um, rock workers might be a smidge too strong still. Um, which makes the original version of Rock Workers like head scratchingly powerful. But <laughs> there's a reason why it was nerfed in the first <laughs> place. Nerfed out of existence for a while. Thank you. Uh, let's move on from there. Midwinter's Chaos. Tomas, would you like to talk to us about Midwinter's Chaos? Um, one uh, extra strength uh, across the board for its ability of uh, freezing. And I like this. I do honestly think wish that it would be um an additional one strength at level five it would be really cool to actually see it do um or freeze things up to 10 strength or less i think the the whole costing four mana is a little bit too severe for the card's ability okay okay i i i look at this card i look at this buff and i think in the decks that wanted this much freeze this will be a nice little bonus. I don't feel, Subaiku, like this changes the calculus about whether or not you play it in generic winter deck ABC. No, it's still only in a very, very specialized deck, and now that deck is marginally more effective, and I don't know that it was necessarily all that effective in the first place. No. Maybe it's maybe putting play. rock workers in that deck makes it <laughs> a lot more effective than the buff to midwinter chaos does. You heard it here, folks. Huh, my midwinter deck suddenly just got a lot better. It's done so much better. It's insane. Yeah, like it just, it, it does what it does. Now it does it barely a little bit more. Like, I don't know. I I got to tell you, like, freeze winter is not something I've really experimented with very much. I can't imagine that it's particularly effective based on how little I run into it on ladder. Uh, when I run into it, though, I oftentimes just throw my phone after the game, even if I win. Like 22 minutes of my life just went by. (laughs) What is going on? Uh, All right. Well, moving on from there, we have one last one. Sabaika, would you like to tell us about Temple of Space? Yes, I would. I would love to Mm. talk about Temple of Space because Temple of Space is a fantastic card. And now the strength on the temple is up instead of going from three to seven uh, from level one to five. Now it's from four to eight. So it's right on par with the Fort of Ebonrock or upgrade point. Uh, but it still has its cool teleporting ability. And that's awesome. So now you're not paying a strength penalty for clogging up your hand with the temple. Um, And sometimes you get an awesome teleport out of it. That's pretty cool. It's a better card in draft now, is it not? I got to tell you, I draft this card all the time. Mm -hmm. You do tell me every time you do it. It's all like I get nonstop texts for like two days until the run is over. I got six wins with Temple of Space today. (laughs) In fact, 
before the buff, still a good draft but, card. <laughs> you said six wins. How many losses? Zero. Six oh. Six oh. Oh, oh geez. <laughs> yeah, with Temple of Space um, getting cycled every time. But there's, uh, there's a lot of other really good ironclad cards. So mostly I draft Temple of Space to get those. But occasionally, it does actually come in really useful when you move your units around, move their units around. It's a lot of fun to get like random base locks because games and draft often go pretty long so yeah they do you know, like, it's true like 12 mana it's like all right let me just play a unit put a temple behind it and then move that temple up to their baseline boom now they're locked in and i win see i i made this joke about um maybe it was about a month ago uh where i said that some cards text needs to be changed for draft mode to better explain what the card's use is for draft and i suggested at the time that toad the elevated should have its card text changed in draft mode only to say allows you to play Shadowfen cards. And I think a Temple of Space could equally be argued to do the same thing. Um, I do agree, though, that in, in draft it is easier to find value with it because the games go longer. And so you, you get to the point where using it is uh, a little more viable. Along with all of these balance changes, which we've just highlighted uh, at length, <laughs> apologies, and also you can go on to Stormbound Kitty and read the, uh, uh, the patch notes again. You'll see those in our show notes. We have a few new cards, three, or probably two to be uh, a, a exact, and I'm so excited about this first one because I love Reckless Rush. I will, I will go on the air right now and admit to being an unabashed Reckless Rush fanboy. I think he's the best. I love Reckless. I'm so glad to see him getting some recognition. Thomas, what is happening with Reckless? He is finally getting his own card. Yes. And the amazing thing, and the card, Reckless Rushers. Hmm, where'd they come uh, up with that name? Oh, man, so original. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a three-mana epic, uh, undead, and... It's a three movement card for three mana. Strength across the board is one, two, three, four, five. Wait, it's rapid mousers? For one less mana. Oh my gosh, that's insane. That's busted. That's like reckless rush good. <laughs> I'm really excited for this card. And obviously, Heroes League and draft mode, it's probably the worst of the worst. It, uh... <laughs> right, yeah, we yeah. did not read the ability. Uh, oh before, yeah, sorry, sorry. Before attacking, <laughs> deal one damage to your own base. So you you could definitely uh, try to move through some toads and rack up the damage real quick. So this is like anti-vindicators. Basically. Yes. Yep. Half the cost, so, half the damage. Right? <laughs> Just to uh, the wrong to person. <laughs> so in, in ranked mode, it's a slightly better limelings. Um, I would way rather have the one extra movement over uh, limelings than uh, the, the one damage to my base. So that's awesome there. But Limelings is terrible in draft uh, because such a low value card for the mana cost. And this is obviously slightly worse because you're also taking a point of damage or up to two points of damage. Additionally, it being epic means that you are almost never going to have the opportunity to level it up. So you're going to be playing a three mana one or two mover, very similar to the way Restless Goats is in draft. So absolute bottom of the barrel tier three in draft you realize that now that you've said that reckless rush is going to post a video of him going 6-0 with a deck built around reckless rushers just to prove you wrong please try i would love to see it <laughs> i'm glad that they made this a uh, an epic because uh, reckless is epic 
Uh, so, <laughs> so th that was a, a good choice. Um, but I will say that I am still a little concerned, even though we just got handed a few commons. So, Baiku, it feels like we're just we're like, ooh, uh, there's a lot of fusion stones needed, or copies, or a lot of packs that require rubies uh, 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 to, to to get some of these cards. Hopefully, you can find it through your draft rewards. Get a few extra copies every uh, every week. That way, it's it is a little rough that we're starting to see more epics again. Uh, I was a little optimistic after last month, where all the new cards were uh, rare and common. And that mm -hmm. was that was a little bit nicer. Our second new card, at least, is a common, so uh, that'll be uh, a little bit easier to level up. Um, I was hoping we were done with epics for a little while, but again, though, it, it it's is a good card. Like it, it's right. a, it's you know comparable to Restless Goats for sure. So uh, yeah, it should be that's epic. that's an epic. So this should be also. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it's we haven't even really talked about does this fit into any deck? It does. It does. It Lots fits of them. Into, it fits into a lot of aggressive swarm decks, which is <laughs> most swarm decks. <laughs> so you'll be fine. <laughs> Well, if you're interested in getting this card, it will be available July 10th. So not at the beginning of the month, but halfway through. And we have a second new card, um, which uh, thankfully you uh, you can't use with the first one. Because if you dump all your fusion stones into it, then then you won't have any for the second. So don't worry about it. Pick, pick which one of these two you want to test out this month and save your fusion stones for that. Thomas, what is this new card you gave me reckless rusher so we can give this one to Sabaiku. oh wait oh did i do oh, that okay. yeah i'm happy to oh, talk I am about so this so sorry about that sabaiku why don't you tell me about this new card awakening of the will a neutral common spell three mana cost give strength to one one two 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 random friendly units with no ability equal to their mana cost, and then give them additional strength up to one, two, three, four, five of their mana cost. So a really complicated wording on this ability. Um, but what it looks like is basically you play a vanilla card with no ability. If you have a couple of them on the board, you play this and it'll randomly target two of them at the levels three to five at least and give them strength up to their mana cost plus say say it's a level five card up to their mana cost plus five so you you play this on a west wind sailor you get an extra eight strength on it for three mana so it's better than potion of growth right there it's not bad but on top of that if you also have gifted recruits on the board you get an extra uh five strength seven. Uh, an extra seven strength on your gifted so now you just got 15 strength for three mana because you played a couple of cards in your deck like that's not bad the one thing you i don't like about this. this card though is it 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 says it targets vanilla uh uh, uh cards with no no skills right yeah, no, no on playing, no With before no moving, no before attacking, no on death. It should target heroes. I am a vanilla person with no ability. Why don't I get any sort of benefit from playing this card directly? It should heal my base. I have zero ability. There's total plain vanilla. Right. nothing what i like no. about this is that this scales with mana cost so number one okay don't play it with brain of frogs so zero <laughs> mana tokens terrible for this right 
MERS tokens aren't going to get any benefit out of this. Well, don't they get the plus five or no? Up, plus, up to five of their mana cost. Oh. Yeah, so, so zero actually, mana cards. So, yeah, so we, we actually did it totally wrong before when we talked about West, West so Wind. So West Wind, right? West, yeah, West, West Wind will get three, three, plus, three plus another so three. Correct. And Gifted gets two plus, two plus only two. another two. So yep. 10 strength yeah. for three mana. Still, 10 strength for three mana, better than Pog. Yeah, but not as good as Fort Tonic. Not as good as Fort Tonic, but you don't have to have a Fort or uh, unstable build or whatever on the board. You can just, you don't even have to have these bordering each other. You don't like boosting okay. elixir requires, right? No bordering or surrounding. You don't need to be near a structure. It's just have them on the board somewhere, make them big. And it, oh boy, if you're playing heroic soldiers. <laughs> right? Now you get five plus five, an extra 10 for three mana on top of whatever else it buffs. If you have uh, flameless lizards in your deck, right? You want something big and chonky to anchor your front line. It's got 14 strength at level five. You could give it an extra 10. Right. So that moves up to 24. So the problem that I have with Thomas's suggestion of heroic soldiers getting uh, plus 10, the flaw in that is that I have to be playing heroic soldiers. <laughs> you caught so, that, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you do have to. So, all right. This, it's a tricky problem, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want your vanilla cards with no abilities to be significantly stronger than the cards with abilities, because then everyone would just say, well, why would I bother playing Harvester of Souls? I don't want the game to go that long anyway. I'm just going to play Heroic Soldiers because it's stronger. I mean, and that was the fluffy thing. Nobody cared about the, the confusion. The confusion was a little bit of a bonus, but you were trying to put that fluffy on your opponent's baseline undamaged oh, because yeah. it was impossible to clear, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can't make your vanilla card stronger than the card with abilities or else people just don't play the cards with abilities. So this is a nice way to incentivize you to play vanilla cards without actually buffing the vanilla cards. It's a little clunky, like it, the deck building restriction is a little rough. You're going to find people kind of targeting the most important ones and playing those or, you know, the ones that they were going to put in their deck anyway, like gifted recruits. They'll say, all right, well, maybe maybe I was going to play Westwind anyway, and I'll throw this card in and try to get a little strength buff out of it at some point. Yeah, but this but, is not enough of a, a strength buff to make it worth including this card for. Yeah, it, it's a, I, I like the way that it incentivizes up to like like four, five, six mana cards before it starts dropping off in efficacy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I, my biggest question is, is this a problem being solved or is this a solution in search of a problem? This, in my opinion, is actually a problem. <laughs> So okay. <laughs> the reason I, I I personally don't like this card, um, I'm going to go off on my mountain and, and die on it. I don't like this card for two reasons. Is that a phrase? Maybe. Okay. If so, uh, if not, I've just made it up. It sounds good. <laughs> like go off on, on your mountain and die bigger. on it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this um, hill's too small. <laughs> so I don't like it, uh, number one, for a draft, because... This is going to be um, essentially worse than like a lot of the otherwise terrible cards like Marked as Prey. You're just not going to have anything else that this is going to buff. And it is just a straight card that does literally nothing that you have to cycle every single time. Um, the other reason I don't like this is because this puts a wall to vanilla cards we see heroic soldiers having the same strength as Loras, Harvester Sol Souls, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
we're never going to see a uh, heroic soldiers that has 11 strength. We are never going to see vanilla cards that actually are like the premier. And in the future, I only ever foresee vanilla cards having the same strength or the same movement or whatever else as cards with abilities. And that just doesn't seem like it's a logical process for me. I don't know. I think you're jumping to a conclusion conclusion there that's not necessarily true. And, and what I mean by that is you only have 12 card slots. This doesn't, this isn't forgotten souls. This doesn't win you a game. It adds value to the board, card specific, not positional specific, not, you know, situational, just cards, but there are only certain cards in your deck that will get the benefit. That means that this is a situational card at best. And as a situational card at best, maybe you include it, maybe you don't. I don't know that this necessarily moves the needle on whether or not I choose to include Heroic Soldiers. Flameless Lizards, maybe. You know, there's definitely a tipping point where it might get OP. But I don't think this with Heroic Soldiers is there. Tinfoil hat time. Is this why Flameless Lizards got the strength reduced a little while back? (laughs) I mean, it's it's possible. It's also possible that in lower leagues it was just getting, you know, uh, uh, To Thomas's point, I agree that it does... It, it does put a limit on the design space for vanilla cards, but I would argue that that's fine. Vanilla cards already have a limit based on you know the other the other cards in the game already for those mana costs and movement combinations. Yeah. There's only so much you can do with them. They're vanilla. What do you you can't add you can't add abilities, right? Um, I don't know. I I like this idea of trying to create vanilla synergy. I don't. I, I. I. feel like Mark Prey was a really good card to bring up here. I feel like the penalty of playing Mark Prey is not Mark Prey itself. It's that you're playing Copper Skin Rangers or whatever card you're trying to play in order to induce the poisoning. And likewise, this has the potential for a Mark Prey style payoff. Ten, twelve power. That sounds fantastic. But you gotta be playing some cards that just put you a little behind your opponent. Your opponent's getting more value from their five mana card than you're getting. This isn't necessarily creating an advantage for you as it is making up for a deficit. So unless there's a lot more of these synergy cards that can somehow be abused when you know played together with the vanilla cards, I'm not all that worried about this. This is cute. This is neat. I don't think it necessarily incentivizes that much more vanilla card play. What it might do is for people who have limited libraries, who have some level five cards, and some of those happen to be the common soldiers that they just, you know, packed a ton of when they bought a bunch of nobles, it might give some of those players an opportunity to punch higher with that deck. Because now instead of playing Loris, they have to play, you know, heroic, because that's what they've been doing. That deck now, if they can find a way of squeezing this in, maybe that deck can push another league higher. And I'm okay with that. I think that's good. But at the end of the day, you still have to play heroic soldiers, which is kind of you know, that's that's where it falls off for me. It's it's a nice just value generating card if you have, like you said, the, those cards in your deck, and maybe not the most robust library. Mm-hmm. You know, would I rather play Zuri? Probably, but if I didn't have a high level Zuri, I, I feel like I could make this work. Um, it's I look, I, I played boosting Elixir not too long ago, just kind of messing around with it. 
it's it's perfectly fine and that has positional requirements this at least i can just play it for a mana cheaper and buff a couple of cards on the board no matter where they are that that's not terrible no it's not bad the the point i would make about boosting elixir though is like like or zuri right like zuri is super good right but how good are doppelbox just on their own pretty dang good good. yeah right like that's better than gifted better than gifted most of the time yeah right not Uh, for defense and so and so in 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 this situation you're incentivizing me to play a lot of copper skin rangers and uh uh crimson sentries kind of cards and yeah how how scared were you the last time you queued up against an opponent and on their opening turn for three mana they played westwind sailors if it was a winter deck i would have no idea what they're playing but aside from that, I would be like, oh, this is this is going to be an easy game. Yeah, that's that's the biggest problem. I, I, I want to see more in this direction. If if we're going to try to incentivize more uh, uh, play for vanilla cards, to Sabaiku's point, this actually disincentivizes you from playing Recruits and Westwind Sailors because they might draw the buff away from the cards you're trying to get value with. So, well, so if you have only four or five total vanilla cards in your deck you probably will you at that point you'd probably have heroic um flameless cabin if you're feeling really sad like flameless (laughs) cabin girls uh harpies of the hunt or mindless horde like it they're all good targets for this but they also all don't move like they're not not cards that you want to be playing Build me a deck that runs flameless cabin girls and mindless hordes that that is a top tier deck. I don't care what else you want to put in it, but you can only put eleven cards in because I've I've got the twelfth reserved for this. Awakening of the Will isn't tipping that deck over into tier zero status. Like, no, because you're already playing overstated cards for their mana cost anyway. Right. Like what you really need is movement in that deck. So like trying to find something that's vanilla and has movement and also decent strength for the mana cost, it, it's not that easy. Well it doesn't exist as we were just talking about the vanilla cards that have movement are at the exact same stat value wise mm-hmm. as cards that have abilities. Right. Yeah. So you're still not even clearing things anyway. That's the yeah. problem, right? Is uh, at best, this is getting you back to parity with your opponent who's playing Zuri with their five mana instead of your heroic or flameless. Yeah, it's almost like your best bet with this maybe is playing something like Delegators or Veterans. Mount up? That's going to like like survive a turn mm-hmm. and then you play you play another vanilla card and you know play play your west wind into uh like veterans on seven and then west wind into a five strength so that it survives and then play this and kind of buff them both up or or maybe the answer is just always a uh, dark harvest if you've got your things that don't have movement they're the ones that have the most strength anyway so they're going to survive so you'll have something on the board for your dark harvest ability that's true and a lot of dark harvest decks don't play recruits anymore anyway uh so so that takes out recruits as a potential like a remnant of a recruit sitting in a corner with this card in hand feels really bad no it's totally fine like you buff you buff your recruits up a little bit and you buff something else up like no matter what if as long as you're hitting two units you're coming out ahead on mana cost well sure but if if i'm guys at go ahead at level five it gives strength to three random friendly units no Patricia said on discord earlier today that that was a typo and it was supposed to be two from from three to five three to five yeah ew yeah see that's what i mean like 
It disincentivizes you from playing the good quote unquote vanilla cards. It's pushing you to play cards that like if you play veterans of war in a competitive game, I like like in the Heroes League, because it's hard for me to speak about like, you know, in, in, in gold or, or platinum anymore. But in the Heroes League, if I'm playing a competitive game that's going back and forth and we're fighting for board, and then on seven mana, I play veterans, I'm going to say my chances of winning less than 30% at that point. They drop to zero. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, so what are we doing? Like, I have this card that next turn, I'm going to get phenomenal value playing this three drop with whatever else. Yeah, it's over. Of, yeah, it's kind of like you have to be playing a more defensive focused deck, and then this is this is your value generator with your with your cheap like you know I don't know I, I gifted in Westwind I, I keep going that. back to That's, that but yeah. it's not it's not enough They're value. Bad. Yep. Well, and the funny thing is, so even if you were to play like the veterans, the only way for it to be a basically a non-zero chance of winning is to put it on your opponent's baseline, which. If you it's not next, turn next turn want to do the play. buff, it's not there. Yeah, <laughs> where to go? It went away. Well, if the game goes long enough, you can play your veteran oh and God. another unit onto their baseline and then buff them both. <laughs> All right, I want I want you to build me a deck that has three vanilla high value cards that can survive into the lake. <laughs> I think the problem is if you can play a veteran onto your opponent's baseline, you're probably winning that game anyway. Like we right, talked about over. with Ulf earlier, right? right? Like, you this, there you go, put yeah. Ulf in the same deck and you'll survive. <laughs> you'll get enough life off it. <laughs> so so I like the concept of this card that, that we're trying to incentivize play of the cards that aren't seeing play right now. But I, I'm, I'm unconvinced that that's actually a problem that the game needs to solve. And on top of that, like as a one-off card, this this feels a lot like Mark Does Prey. Like we we need a if if this is the direction we want to go, I want to see like all the way through a legendary that has synergy with vanilla cards that are on the board or in your hand or whatever. But like we need cards that do stuff with with vanillas. Um, maybe one that like all your vanilla cards get randomly assigned uh, effects. <laughs> that, that sounds nutty. Uh, let's do some stuff, you know. Uh, uh, that's all I can think about with this so far is just that it's a cool card, but uh, I have to play some bad cards to, to to get good value from it. So I'm not sure that that's going to really work out. That card, by the way, Awakening of the Will, will be available on July 24th, as usual. There will be two new Brawl modifiers for those two cards so that you can try them out. They'll be free, um, which means actually awakening of the will will be pretty solid at, at, at zero mana uh we also by the way have a new brawl coming out guys it's called godspeed uh uh this is really cool thomas do you want to talk to me about godspeed um so in this mode ancients uh will have two movement regardless of their initial movement and actually, I haven't read about this yet, so sorry. Oh. <laughs> Maybe you have to ask Baiku about it. <laughs> no, no, no. no. T- tell me about Toad Games. I want to hear about Toad Games. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> oh, flashbacks. <laughs> um, uh, the thing to note about it uh, is even though the Ancients have two movements, uh, or you know, two movement, two speed, uh, they only trigger their on-moving effects once. So it's not like they, they move their on movement effect triggers and then they move again it's just a single movement of two squares um 
So that part of it isn't as crazy as you might have first like, oh my gosh, bounded demons are going to be insane. I'm going to make five units on the board. No, yeah. no. Bounded demons will still make units right away, though, which will make which them good. Awesome. They're going to be really, really good in this brawl. Mm-hmm. Fragmented essences, I'm not really sure what they're going to do. Like uh, they're going to split, but then only split once, but then each split will still move two, I guess. Your guess yeah, is, yeah I do. Lost Psyches are going to teleport to one random tile and then move two spaces. So that'll be a little a little like normal, at least. Wait, um, is that what they're going to do? They're going to just teleport once they won't teleport? Oh, yeah, because yeah. the special effect only happens once. Okay, so, that's weird. Yeah, um, all the on-play uh, Big Sisters, mm-hmm. which is uh, before moving it'll buff. It yep. usually has zero movement, so you have to like put it on the board and hope that it survives. Now it'll just play and buff everything that's weaker than it, which is pretty nice. Bragda-esque. Yeah, so definitely going to be some fun synergies. Uh, the only downside here that I see is that Agile Warriors won't proc twice. It'll only proc once, and that's a shame, because that would have been really fun. <laughs> would have been, s- <laughs> been nuts. Uh, that would have been nuts yeah uh yeah you've got like absorbing varmints is now a runner so i have to think about what that means (laughs) Uh, i think games are all ending before a lot of these ridiculous things just playing orgon leechers you only lose the three mana once and when you're sending it into your opponent's base you will not lose it again on the beginning of your next turn you've spent oh my god yeah that's a 11 strength runner right there yep you don't mind that no 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 it's a three mana, 11 strength runner. And you know what you're going to pair it with? Rock Wars. Because uh, <laughs> it goes in every winter deck. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to end the main portion of this episode, which means it's time for me to remind you, contact us, please, preferably in our channel on the Stormbound Discord server, on Twitter at Broodsages. You can always email us at thebroodsages at gmail.com. Uh, this week, we heard back from uh, a couple of people, nothing really uh, all that uh, important to mention. We, we uh, wanted to issue a sincerest apology to MKM. We will uh, put together, uh, I, I think it's time we bring MKM back, guys. We, we haven't we haven't had MKM on the show in a while. And uh, I, th- I think it's MKM time. Is anyone else thinking it's like MKM o'clock? Definitely, we can make that happen. Yeah, we got to make that happen soon. So here it is. We're, we're saying it live. We have not contacted him in advance. He's just listening to this. And at, at this point, he's going, oh, crap, what? <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> so MKM, if you're out there, if you're listening, uh, and if you think it's called, pronounced Pokemon, um, <clears throat> come on to the show. We miss you. We'll also find out how long it takes for you to listen to our episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's going to do it for this episode. For Sabaiku and Thomas, I am Freeloader. We are the Brood Sages reminding you to stay hydrated.